about resources for students, resources for teachers, but what about resources for parents, especially moms? The special education journey can feel extremely lonely, and that's exactly why I brought Megan to the Special Education Inner Circle podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher, and Megan, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So in typical mom fashion, you're like on the go in your car, which, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, life happens, things happen. I mean, that's proof. We, we know, we, we know what's going on in this disability community. Um, so share with us though, how did you end up at an IEP table? So thank you so much. I have three kids. I have eight-year-old twins and a five-year-old and it's my oldest son um, who is neurodivergent. And when he was very, very little, that's when the aggression and the, the screaming and the anger began. Um, he had early intervention. Um, he went through three different rounds of OT in his eight years for three different things. And no matter what support we were getting from the outside, I still wasn't getting answers. Um, as we go through this journey, he's only in second grade. Um, you know, every single year it's checking in with teachers and checking in with um school psychologist and making a plan that is best for him so that he can thrive in a school setting. I truly don't think we're there yet. We've not gotten, I have not reached the, you know, magical end of the rainbow. We're not there yet, but it is a, a lifelong process in supporting him to be his best self. Yeah. So as you were figuring out what some of these first steps were, and now as you're trying to figure out what are the next steps um, for him and your family, how did, how did you feel as, as a parent? Like what, what was missing for you? Oh my gosh. So hard. I, I don't think we talk about it enough, how hard it is as a mom. And I can't speak for dads. So I'm just going to speak for moms, how hard it is because there's such a, there's a societal expectation, first of all, that our children are going to behave a certain way. They're going to act a certain way. They're going to be able to sit quietly and, and, and even kids with neurodivergence, even kids with disabilities, it's still like, well, I hear you, but you still need to fit inside that box. And because I could not get my son to fit inside that box, I struggled with so many feelings of guilt and shame and really doubting my mothering abilities. Nobody I knew in my life had a kid like mine, nobody. And so it was like, okay, well, this must be my fault then. I must be doing something wrong. Um, and, and that led to years of anxiety and depression, really. It's, it's such a tough, tough road. And so what was missing was other people, you know, feeling like I am the only person with a kid who melts down five times a day for an hour each time. Um, the only kid who can't handle a birthday party. The only kid who... Um, doesn't like when I say good job, when he paints a nice picture, you know, all of the things that confused me for years about what normal kid development would look like. It was a such, such a lonely road. Yeah. And, and I get that, you know, I talk a little bit sometimes about my, my daughter who had some complex medical issues when she was younger. So between those ages of three and six, which if you think about it, that's all the play dates, that's all the preschool, that's all the things. And I have a daughter who's a year older than her. And those things were easy. Well, because of the medical things that were happening, she was on medication that had negative side effects. And I couldn't figure out, is this 
her showing aggression because that's her and I need to reprimand in one way or is it because of uh, you know it's it's epilepsy was her you know and a lot of other things complex stuff is it seizure stuff is it medication stuff and just navigating like where is that line and no other parents which is so funny because I've been in the field for 25 years it's different when it's your own child and it's like where are the parents that are trying to figure out where this line is of what do you expect? What don't you expect? Where do you correct? Where do you don't correct? It's hard, right? Yes, so hard. And I'm a 15 year elementary school teacher in a similar boat. I thought I knew kids and, and child development. Um, and it is so different when it's your own. And, and realizing it's kind of hits you in the gut. Like, wait a second, this system that I've been a part of for a career is actually not serving my child. And that's, that's been a whole other challenge for me to sort of wrap my head around this broken system. Um, but yes, because the rules are so um, complicated. Well, you should be more firm. You should set tighter boundaries. You're just not being strict enough. Don't let them talk to you that way. And it's like, but, but, but I'm not, I'm trying my best. I, I think I'm parenting the way that feels right, but I can't tell, am I being too soft? And it turns out that it's none of those things, but people don't understand it. We don't know enough about it. Right, right. So that, that's where this word community comes in. And we say like, okay, uh, and that's, if people are listening, they're like, yep, I feel the same way. And there's nobody who gets it. And I'm going to say that that's one thing that I had to take out of my vocabulary is nobody gets it. There are people who get it, right? Yes, there are. And that was, I felt the same way. I can't, it was the first time I had come across another mom with a kid like mine. I, I must've been like at a store or something. I really just bumped into somebody and I could not believe it. I, I felt shock. What? You are kidding. There is another kid who struggles like my kid. No way. Uh, and I couldn't believe it. It turns out that there are, of course, thousands and thousands and thousands of kids and moms out there. And I have now learned that finding those people is the key to my own confidence as a mother of a neurodivergent kid and sticking with what feels right um, and sort of tuning out all the comments from people who don't understand. But if I didn't have the support of other people to back me up, um, I would continue feeling so unsure of myself uh, all day, every day. And that's, that was not working in my home, let me just say. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm going to encourage everybody, um, you know, even if you found your people and you're like, okay, I've got some people and they're going through my stuff. Here's what's interesting too. Our community needs, like what we need as an individual, as a parent that changes as our kids change too. So I have found like the community that I, that I needed and I found them and, and I, and I got connected and did what I needed to do as a parent. Well, I'm in a totally different phase of parenting now and like epilepsy, seizures, medical complexity, a lot of that's not a part of my everyday life, but I still have other parenting things going on where community means so much. But like I said, I think it's really important for like step one. Um, and I had somebody to, I had a coach that I had in there and, and I didn't say that I was watching them coach somebody else. And somebody said, nobody understands, nobody gets it. And he said, that is your first barrier. That is why you will find nobody is because you are convinced there is nobody. So I want to encourage everybody like have an open mind. Um, but you know, community, you and I were talking before we hit record here, like community is, is the first step. You, you have to be active in the community. Yes. Yes. And so 
I think the disbelief, right, that deep feeling of nobody else understands definitely is the first struggle. But I think it comes from such a deep place of depression, honestly, uh, and inner inner struggle. And the inner work is, is the key here. Um, of course, you're not alone, but it feels so lonely. And those emotions can sort of take over how you go through your day. Um, I made a decision when I looked for some sort of community, where do I belong? Which it doesn't matter if there's a diagnosis, if there's not, um, but I need a place to call home and I don't have one. And I searched for such a thing. And honestly, I really came up pretty empty handed for the moms, plenty of ways to you know group by, by kid. But it was like, we are struggling accepting ourselves for who we are as mothers, accepting our kids for who they are, um, there is a grief process, I believe, around accepting differences in your child. Um, and so I just decided to launch my own <laughs> community. And that's, I couldn't take the madness anymore. And truly, um, seven, eight months later now, it has been a total game changer in, in my life in finding other moms and really not just finding them, but befriending them and getting to know them on a personal level. Yeah. And it can be scary and it can feel vulnerable, right? Because you've been shamed so much by other people, or you know that you're not meeting society standards, you know, as a parent at the grocery store kind of thing. And then you meet people and you're like, okay, I'm pretty sure they, they understand me, but it's kind of like, let me be vulnerable and share something. And then it's like, okay, then you sit back and you wait, am I going to be hurt or is this going to be helpful? Are like what's going to happen next? So we're going to make sure that everybody has the links to. Now, what's the name of your group? Share that with everybody. So Mothers Together is a support group style community. Yeah. So we're going to make sure that there's links and those kind of things. So you know, moms, if you're just like I don't even know where to start, there's a starting point. It, you know, no one group is going to be the the right fit for everyone. And we were talking about this too. Like like it's almost like you have to date the mom groups and you have to figure out. Where do you fit in? Um, can you think of anything that maybe, so you were just lonely. Did you try anything before? Like, were you certain, like, did you try to join any of like the standard kind of disability groups and maybe they just didn't work for you? Yeah. And I started really with Facebook and so many Facebook groups exist um, for specific things. And I did find that I got answers there. Um, I, that was the first time I stumbled upon twice exceptionality and finding out that that was a thing and that there were other people that was great for information. That, that kind of handled one issue that I was having. I need answers. I need answers. But it didn't solve the issue. No Facebook group does, in my opinion, solves the issue of friendship and solidarity and on a personal level. And I realized, you know, I can join 25 groups, highly sensitive, ADHD, autism, you know, OCD, name, name your groups. But at the end of the day, I was looking for moms that I could text and call up and say, hey, I'm really struggling today. And they understand with no judgment. And that was what I could not find anywhere. Uh, and so, you know, Facebook and, and Google bring certainly there's communities, there's pockets around, but it wasn't the kind that I wanted. One of the things that's built into my my, my community, Mothers Together, is once a month we do a, a speed mom dating uh, night, monthly mingle, where we go into breakout rooms on Zoom and we spend five minutes with a mom picked at random, 
tell me about your kid. I'll tell you about mine. If we have a connection, let's, let's, um, you know, swap numbers. And, um, hopefully by the end of an hour, you've got a couple, couple more people to tuck into your pocket that you can rely on and trust and build a relationship with. I am giggling so hard on the inside here because I was a single mom for a good time, like almost 10 years. Right. And like what you described, I'm like, oh yeah, that is, that's speed dating. That's yeah. speed dating. Okay. So now y'all know a little bit of my, you can, you can, you can read between the lines there, you guys. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, that is, that's brilliant. I love that. It's just kind of like, this is me. This is my, you know, like, Hey, can we chat this out? That is so good. And I agree with you so much about the whole Facebook thing, like what Google can do for you and what Facebook can do for you. So we have master IP coaches, um, that, you know, they go through a mentorship and then they can become part of the network. And that's our ongoing training and connection and all the things. And we have a Facebook group that goes with that, but we also have opportunities for those small group breakouts. And then people get together in real life and that's it. That's the key that, that they're just like, oh, these are the people that I talk about IEPs with changing special education, you know, get out of the anger, get out of the judgment, get out of all the things. And that extra connection beyond the Facebook group is what's made the whole difference in that network. So I, again, I want to encourage everybody listening, like, yeah, if you're just like, well, I'm in this Facebook group and I don't have time for something else. It's like, you know what? Get out of the Facebook group then. I'm going to tell you, like, get out of the, the random, you know, 1500 people giving you advice on the next sensory diet that you should do for your child and get connected and have, you know, coffee over zoom with somebody who truly wants to know the details of your family. Yep, exactly. Right. Um, that's what I say too. those Facebook groups can sometimes be 12, 20,000 people strong. And again, that might be great to get an answer, a fact, but it's not going to give you the personalized support. And so one of the things that I do is moms are grouped in small groups, seven or eight moms um, at a clip. Uh, and that's their pod squad based on factors like how, how old is your child? What's the diagnosis? What are you most struggling with to find their people? But then you're, you're in it, you know, and it's, you get out what you put in. And like you were saying about being vulnerable, it's very scary. I totally get it. I was the same way for a long time. When you take that step in a safe space to share your struggle, you might cry and the other moms might cry and then you all laugh and then you're all wondering when you can meet up. And I already have, you know, when are we having a girls weekend? And it's, they want to meet because we, we've been looking for each other for years and you have to sort of trust that process, but being vulnerable in the right space, texting it out on a Facebook group not the same, like let's get over Zoom uh, in person would be best, but let's get over Zoom, let's see each other's face and, and let's feel what you're feeling because I know what you're going through. I have been there uh, and that's, that's the key. Absolutely. So, okay. So you're going to, uh, we're giving homework to people. So you're a teacher. I'm a teacher by nature. We give them homework. It's just what we do. Um, it's so funny that I actually have a whole thing going on Instagram right now of like, should we give homework or we shouldn't we give homework too bad. You guys don't get a choice as listeners right now. You have homework. Um, the homework is find a community. If you're feeling lonely and that find a community and then commit to sharing in that community. And if that's not the right community for you, find another community and Facebook doesn't count. <laughs> like that's just it's kind of like on our rubric of things here, we're like, and Facebook doesn't count. So can you give some words of encouragement to our parents who are specifically, like you said, you're on, you know, the inside of the system of what's happening with I, you know, just IEPs and our education system in general, you know, the outside of the system of looking at it through, through a parent's point of view. And, um, you know, I, I have a, 
something that I've been saying a lot in the last few months, and I, I feel really strong about it. It's time for us just to disrupt special education. We are in a downward spiral, and we need to do something much different than we've been doing in the past. There's not one single answer of what that different is, but we have to do things different. What is something that you would encourage, especially that mom who's feeling alone, um, and, and she's trying to make IEP decisions, and she's trying to figure out therapies, she's trying to figure all of that, and it feels so heavy to her, like these are huge, big things. What can you say to her? It is heavy. That's the first thing. It's not only that it feels heavy, but it is. One of the things that I had to tell myself and other moms too many times is like, why is this so hard for me? If any mom were to step into my shoes, they would be struggling too. It's not as if we are weak humans. We have been tasked with a really tough, tough job. And I think that we first need to acknowledge that. Um, if you, if you are carrying such a heavy load, which we all are, you've got to find a place where you can let it off. You have got to find your people. You've got to find a community. That can seem daunting too. And so you start with just um, find literally just one person, one person that you can connect with. Perhaps it is starting over social media at first. Maybe it's through an Instagram person that you just like their content. But then from there, read the comments, eventually connect with just one person, even virtually. However, down the road, what you're really looking for is just a little bit of confidence, just enough to make you go, oh, oh, you know what? I am actually a really good mom. I just nailed that situation this morning. I did. Like, I'm going to pat myself on the back just a little bit. If, and so many moms will say, well, there's nothing. I'm not doing anything right. That's how I felt too. Well, sure you are. Did you get up and make your kid a breakfast? Did you give them something they like? Did you lean over and give them a little hug and like, a, yeah, love you, buddy? Did you um, buy them something at the store because you knew they would love it? All of these little tiny things are ways that we show up for our children. And when we are raising neurodivergent kids who are so challenging sometimes, they just truly are, we have to, we have to sort of rely on the, the little things, the little moments to carry us through. When we start sharing those moments, that's when the confidence builds among a group of people. Um, and, and I have found it in Mothers Together every single day. The moms want, wanted more than just a once a week Zoom. And they said, can we start text threads? Can we, um, how can we connect? However you want. They're using the Marco Polo video messaging app, a free app, where they can just leave messages. It's like, hey, just checking on you. I know you have the IEP meeting today. Hope everything goes well. Keep in touch. Let us know how it goes. When you have that, that changes everything. Absolutely everything inside of you. It helps with the inner work. And so starting really small and then reaching out and asking for help because the people are out there. Oh, I love that so much. All right, everybody, just so you know, I will have those links for you. And if you took anything away from this, if any of this sparked a, oh, yeah, they get me and I know I need to do something different. I'm going to encourage you to leave a comment wherever you are watching or listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a five-star review and a comment. It means so much. This helps every time you leave a comment or you leave a review, it helps more teachers, more parents, more moms and dads and therapists find this information and learn how to work together. So um, we will see you next time at the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. Megan, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.